Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to Inside the Shank, a podcast for the Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company production of The Shawshank Redemption coming this summer to a computer near you. Today with us, we have J.D. McGilligot. J.D. plays the role of Dawkins, one of the convicts inside the shank, who is uh, part of the group known as the Sisters. If you've seen the movie or read the story, you are familiar with that. Let's get right into it. Welcome, J.D. Thanks, Jake. It's exciting to be here today. Well, that's you're you're very kind. You're very kind to uh, to say that. JD, let's get things started. Let's learn a little bit about you. Uh, so, you know, uh, tell us maybe your acting experience in the past, uh, maybe some highlights and uh, any other recent virtual productions, if you've done any, that sort of thing. Yeah, so I started acting when I was five or six years old. Uh, my parents thought it would be a really great way to give me something to do over the summer. And I was very excited to get cast as Figaro in a production of Pinocchio. Um, That was my first role and still is one of my favorites because as a child, I was so excited to get to play a cat. Um, Of course. (laughs) So after that, I did a variety of other roles in middle school and high school productions. Um, No major highlights outside of getting to play Inigo in The Princess Bride. Wow. That was a fun opportunity to get to do some sword fighting um, and to actually learn how to fence as part of that. I got to jump in. So <laughs> you were Inigo or an ego or however people choose to say it, but you, you must have loved that one classic line that he has about, about his father, right? Was that in the show? It was, of course. You cannot do a production of The Princess Bride without saying that line. Can, can we hear you do it? I mean, just to, however you delivered it? We can. I will do my best to approximate that, recognizing that was about 20 years ago and apologizing that I cannot do a Spanish accent. Okay, um, that's fine. But to give Neither the best I. approximation that I can, Let's um, when I got to do that line, it was, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, I love that line. Uh, so sorry to interrupt. So uh, no, not at all. <laughs> a little bit about your your backstory as far as acting goes. How about more recently? Have you done virtual theater before? Of course, doing this production. Yeah, I have not. So this is my first time doing virtual theater. I actually took a pretty long hiatus uh, for several years uh, between high school and about three or four years ago when I moved to Maine, um, at which point I jumped back in with Shakespeare. Um, I got to play Malcolm in the Scottish play. I got to play Sebastian in Twelfth Night. Um, And so those were the most recent roles, but first time doing virtual theater, definitely a lot different than stage. Yeah, so tell, tell us a little bit about how you go about handling that difference, whether it's in your approach to, you know, uh, the character, the acting, anything that you kind of goes through your head while, you know, realizing that this is not a typical live performance with other actors around you. 
Yeah, and, and I will say with us being in the first few weeks of rehearsing, I think I'm still in a lot of ways figuring that out as I feel out those differences. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I've definitely noticed is a lot more time practicing outside of rehearsal. So really taking in all of those notes on blocking, on movement, and starting to integrate those so I can focus more on character. Because usually when I'm on stage, I'm also directly in a room with actors feeding off that energy in the same space. So spending that extra time making sure that I can really get in Dawkins' head um, and feel like I can also then do the movements naturally. Yeah, so tell the audience a little bit more about what you mean when you say, you know, to do the movements, because you know, someone who might not be too acquainted or familiar with the virtual theater, they know, you know, a little bit that it's like Zoom where you have uh, the box, you know, uh, the the frame. Uh, it can sometimes be head and shoulders, how you and I are speaking right now. Sometimes, depending upon the location of where the camera is, it might be more full body. Um, so, so tell us a bit more about like what this rehearsing um, is like. Uh, either either in rehearsal or outside of rehearsal, as opposed to um, rehearsing for a an old fashioned type of theatrical role. Yeah, so I think some of the things I've been noticing are that understandably this feels a lot more like film, and mm-hmm. so one thing that I always think of having done very admittedly limited film work is you're in a much more, well, I should say the shot is in a much more confined space. So it's less about like, what is your maybe whole body doing in certain moments and more like what, you know, is top half doing? What is your face doing? Um, So I think with that sort of just like on stage, it doesn't always feel completely natural because Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily doing what a person would do in a certain situation or setting you're doing what looks best on camera, which, you know, similarly with stage, you also have to exaggerate or things like that. And I think that's the flip side is sort of noticing if I am going way overboard, how that might register differently on camera versus like on the stage where, you know, people sitting way in the back have to be able to see what I'm doing. You raise an interesting point because a lot of people think that when you are uh, before I got into virtual theater, I had this thought myself that when you are in the audience watching a play on stage uh, from a theatrical standpoint, the actor and the director and everybody knows that you sometimes have to go a little bigger with your expressions, um, you know, to reach the people in the back or, you know, to just make it a little bit more entertaining, visually captivating. So one would think that since we are, as you said, it's more film when we do virtual theater, um, that you could revert back to more your natural mannerisms, that things don't have to be so large because you know we're right up in your grill, so to speak, uh, give or take a few feet. So, but I have found the opposite to be true, that you, you actually do need to be just as large as you would performing on stage in front of an audience um, and the reason for that is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong or add to it if you think that you uh, need to keep that small box uh, visually captivating for, for the audience because everyone has been in a Zoom call at some point in the past year or so of this pandemic and 
just looking at somebody for an extended amount of time, as lovely as they are, you're a lovely looking person, JD. Uh, it gets boring after a while. Would you agree with that statement? I would agree. Yeah, you definitely. And I don't know if I would necessarily describe it as going bigger, but being constantly active and engaging. Um, so, go. yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I would say is that certainly you can't just sort of sit back and do like micro facial expressions, right. um, you know, unless that were something that the scene called for. Unless it works. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Great. So your character is Dawkins. He is one of the uh, sisters, uh, a, let's be honest, a somewhat offensive derogatory name referring to uh, a group of male convicts um, who... Uh, they are, they have their way with other, other convicts, let's just say. Um, but how do you make this character Dawkins, you know, I wouldn't say likable necessarily, but how do you make him be interesting to watch? How do you make the audience just not want to turn up their nose at him or any of these characters, I suppose, uh, at any point? just because of just how cruel and, you know, the crime that he did to get in there. What do you do to make him, let's just say, a conflicted, a complicated character? Yeah, and I think that's a great question with so many of the characters in the show, as you were saying. Um, I think with Dawkins, there's sort of two thoughts I had mm -hmm. related to that. So the first is in terms of making him interesting, as we've been moving into, you know, rehearsing the first act and, you know, of course I've been looking ahead and seeing his character trajectory throughout. One thing I've definitely noticed about him is that he really seems to thrive on chaos. Like other inmates are very much, you know, violent, abusive, aggressive. And I feel like at the end of the day, Dawkins isn't necessarily opposed to any of those things of course you know with the crime he committed and things that he does while in the shank mm -hmm. there are a lot of horrible things there yes. um, at the same time he seems to really just enjoy stirring up trouble where he can just reveling in chaos when it erupts around him and certainly being a part of that um, and I think in terms of the making him conflicted well that definitely gets into spoiler territory yeah we don't want to go there but there are some moments as the show goes on that do demonstrate that humanity underneath and that, you know, he isn't just someone who thrives on violence and chaos, you know, but actually someone who has some pretty deep emotions to the other inmates. Right. I mean, that's one of the things I've said this to the cast. I've said this on previous episodes of this podcast. That's one of the things about the original uh, text of the Shawshank Redemption by Stephen King. The movie uh, did it beautifully as well. Uh, and this play is that these aren't just, you know, black and white characters, that they do have areas of gray. I don't think we're ever really supposed to like most of these characters, um, but in a way we see them as people. We know mm -hmm. that they are people um, rather than just caricatures. And I think that's part of what drew me to um, doing this play. What drew you to auditioning uh, for, for this uh, show? Yeah, so a few different things. 
pulled me in. Um, I will be honest in that I haven't seen much by way of virtual theater and especially virtual theater companies. Um, I've seen a lot of shows do more like staged readings mm -hmm. in a Zoom type setting. And so I found myself, first of all, just drawn to the opportunity to be back on stage virtually speaking mm -hmm. um, and to get to do something that was more than just, you know, as you were kind of saying, like sitting and staring at a bunch of talking heads in a Zoom call. Um, so that's what got me back into theater in general. Um, I was really drawn though to this particular play, knowing that, you know, through your company, Jake, you've had a number of shows, you know, both kind of going up now and ongoing. Um, this one caught my attention because I do, of course, love the original story. Um, and I love how so often people don't think of this when they think of Stephen King, but to create a story that is so filled with hope and as you know, the title says, redemption. And I really just wanted to have the chance to get to be a part of it. And I would also say after a year of pretty much exclusively being locked in what feels like it's a virtual prison cell at times, um, hmm. it felt like a really great opportunity to get to go a little bit feral and let some of that energy out. That's a great way to put it. I like the uh, the double meaning that you have there <laughs> being the uh, the... English teacher that I am in my my real job, a prison cell. That was good. Um, is there anything that you like about this character, Dawkins? Yeah, I mean, I think it is hard because there is a lot I don't like. Um, yeah. You know, as I think we talked a lot about as we were doing introductions, you know, other people said there are things I can relate to in my character and a whole lot that I can't. Um, so maybe the better question then is, what do, do you or what, what should any actor do when they are given a role where their characters are so despicable? The thought I always have with that is getting to lean into it um, just to get to really have that experience of what does it feel like to be playing someone so different from who I am as a person? Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I'm a kind and compassionate person and Dawkins is someone who is perfectly fine doing violence, you know, to others and witnessing violence being done to others and enjoying that, you know, how do I sort of consider what my reactions are, but also what it would be like to be someone in that headspace. Um, and, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I think for Dawkins, where I go with that, and this may be, you know, the part of me that is a psychologist and always wants to understand where someone is coming from. I was just going to get know, to that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> psychology uh, expertise to the fore. So that helps, I guess. Yeah, I, th I think it does because it, you know, then allows me to think about, you know, how would someone get to this place and how for Dawkins might this actually be the way he's coping with mm -hmm. the circumstances of being inside the shank? Sure. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, well, JD, hey, this has been a pleasure. Uh, I have one final question before we go. This is the last question I ask everybody that we interview here in this podcast. You probably know what's coming. If you could please call out someone, put someone right now on the spot who hopefully is listening to this, that you want to have buy a ticket to this show with their name out there, and they can't refuse, right? That's at least the thinking that I have going into it. Uh, if you don't want to give last name, that's perfectly all right, because um, 
for privacy reasons, of course, but who would that be? Yeah, so there's a few people that come to my mind. A couple of friends that I think would really enjoy this show, both local and otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. Both Allison's, Aaron and Kelly are the people that I would nominate to do this and get tickets to watch. Well, excellent. If both Allison's, Kelly, and who was the other one? Aaron. Aaron. Both Allison's, Kelly and Aaron are listening. There you go. You can go to jakespearevtc.com slash Shawshank and snag your tickets today as anyone else can uh, who is listening to this fine podcast. JD, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And uh, you can catch JD as well as the other wonderful troupe of actors we have in the virtual and regional premiere of the Shawshank Redemption, the staged adaptation. Wow, that is a mouthful. Coming this summer from Shakespeare Virtual Theater Company. JD, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll be back next time with another interview with one of the members inside the show. We'll see you then.